0: This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media Thanks to the generosity of our supporters Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily Please make your donation today at vision.org.au
1: Sometimes we can allow people to take the place of God in our life A husband chooses to not go to church because his wife doesn't go anymore Or maybe the kids don't go to church because their parents don't go anymore.
0: Listen, you need your own relationship with God. Pastor Greg Laurie points out, God wants a one-on-one relationship with each of us. Even if others don't, we need to focus on the Lord.
1: Only you can work out your salvation. This is the day when the lost are found.
0: city come from in your home. The power company, right? You're connected directly. Your neighbor is connected directly. You're not running an extension cord over to your neighbor's place to run your lights. At least I hope you're not. Well, we all need a direct spiritual connection to our Heavenly Father. And today at A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out how that sheds light on what it means to work out our own salvation. Glad you've joined us today for Pastor Greg Laurie's Worldview Series.
1: So let's look at Philippians 2, verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and do of his good pleasure. Work out your own salvation salvation. What does that mean? It means only you can work out your salvation. Wouldn't it be nice if you could hire someone to work out for you? You say, you know what? I don't want to work out. Why don't you go work out for me? Uh, But you can't do that. You have to go work out for yourself. So work out your own salvation. This is not something someone else can do in your place. This is something you must do for yourself. It's a personal choice. But Paul throws in an interesting thought here in verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but more in my absence. So basically, Paul is writing to the believers here in Philippi from a prison. He's been arrested. And he can't go and be with them as he was in the past. And so he misses them, and they miss him. So basically saying, now guys, I'm not with you, but I still want you to work out your own salvation. I think the New Living Translation is helpful here, where Paul says, dearest friends, you were always so careful to follow my instructions when I was with you, but now that I'm away, you must be even more careful to put into action God's saving work in your lives. So here's what Paul is saying. In effect, guys, you need to grow up spiritually. You can't build your spiritual life on me. I'm not doing the work in your life. God is doing the work in your life. Now I bring this up because sometimes we can allow people to take the place of God in our life. A husband chooses to not go to church because his wife doesn't go anymore. Or maybe the kids don't go to church because their parents don't go anymore. Listen, you need your own relationship with God. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. (laughs) Let's not misunderstand this. Paul did not say work for your own salvation because salvation is a gift of God. And by the way, this is a gift that grows more valuable with the passing of time. It's not that it becomes more valuable. It always was. But we're just discovering the value of it. Because the salvation God gives us saves us from our past, our present, and our future. First, it saves us from our past. The sins we've committed, the wrongs we have done, it's removed, it's taken away, it's erased. We've been given a clean slate, as I pointed out. But now it saves us from our present. The power of sin in my life, I... I have God's power to overcome it. And lastly, it saves me from a future judgment. So that's why the Bible calls it such a great salvation. You see the value of it more and more with the passing of time. And so Paul says, work out your salvation. Don't work for it, it's a gift to you from God. Ephesians 2 says, by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves, It's the gift of God. So what does it mean? It's interesting, the verb that Paul uses carries the meaning of work to full completion. Work to full completion, your salvation. There's work involved in the Christian life as I play out, as I discover what God has done for me. It doesn't say sit out your own salvation. It says work out your own salvation. Going back to the analogy of a gym. Uh, you go and you work out to get into better shape. The more you do it, the better the results will be. Uh, maybe it's because you're having issues. Uh, I, the other day I literally thought I might be close to having a heart attack. And the reason is is I was feeling pressure on my chest. And so then I Googled <laughs> uh, symptoms of heart attack. It says pressure in your chest and the pressure grew stronger as soon as I read that, <laughs> literally. I thought, yeah, fill up more. And then it said nausea, and I was nauseated the second I read it. And I'm nauseated. And, you know, so I'm going to see my doctor. So I called him up. I got to come over right now. And I came over, and he hooked me up for an EKG. And uh, and he said, Craig, you're absolutely fine. And then about a week later, I got the bill, and I did have a heart attack. <laughs> so what happened was, uh, I've been playing racquetball. I used to do that years ago. I started playing again. Because I hate cardiovascular, okay? I hate treadmills. I hate stationary bicycles and all that pedaling, you know. And so racquetball is fun because I will go to any length to chase a stupid ball around a court. (laughs) And it is a good workout. I sweat a little bit more. And also uh, what I do is I fall. And I I hit the wall really hard chasing the ball and that's why I felt the pressure on my chest. But I'm okay for now. But um, you know sometimes you have to check up on those things and your doctor will say you need an exercise regimen so you go to the gym. But here's the problem. Weird people hang out in gyms. You know what I'm talking about? They're just strange people. Um, There's a person who sweats all over everything. What is with that? Are you one of those people? Please stand up. I want to talk to you. <laughs> one of those sweaters. I mean, seriously, you know, they, they get up from the equipment, the whatever it is, you know, and, they're, and there's just perspiration all over the floor. It's like, can you like take a towel and wipe up after yourself? you know, Or there's a the guy that screams every rep because he's lifting too much weight. Ah! Ah! stop it, you know. <laughs> But still you need to get in there and do what you can. (laughs) So you work out to get in shape and the same is true of the spiritual life. I'm not working for it. God's given me the salvation. It is mine. But work it out or discover what it actually means for me. In fact the phrase that Paul uses here for work out is a phrase that's also used to explain working a mind. You know, going into a mine and extracting the silver, the gold, or whatever is in the mine. Uh, many years ago in California, we had the California Gold Rush, and uh, there wasn't a lot of gold in the state. There's gold in them thar hills, it was said. So people came from around the country and even the world to, uh, to find their fortune, and the gold was soon gone. I think people thought it was just like laying around on the street, you know. Uh, but they had to go into the mines and work at it in hopes of, maybe discovering the mother load. So Paul's saying, that's us take like a mind. Go in there and discover all God has done for you. Extract it, live it out. Understand it, appreciate it. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now what that means is with self-distrust. So I come with a reverence for God and a distrust of myself. I can't do this on my own strength. And Paul explains it. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is God that works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Some people say, well, God does it all and I do nothing. Others say, I do it all and God does nothing. Both of those views are wrong. God does it through you as you mine it and discover it for yourself. Work out your own salvation with self-distrust for it is God that is working
0: in you. You're listening to a new beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. Thanks for joining us. It's great to have you listening in today. We're taking a close look at Philippians chapter two and verse twelve. It tells us to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Is Pastor Greg once again?
1: Now, when it says work it out with fear and trembling, I don't want you to think that Paul is suggesting that one can lose their salvation. Because I believe once you're saved, you're saved. That's why we call it eternal life and not temporary life. And that's why you don't have to get saved again and again and again and again. You don't have to be born again, 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 again. You're born again once. Now you can make a recommitment to Christ if you need to. But once you have eternal life, it's a gift to you from God. And I bring this up because sometimes even believers who have known the Lord for years will doubt their own salvation. And you need to know that the devil loves to challenge what God has said. Don't forget, in the Garden of Eden, he came to Adam and Eve. And he said, did God really say what you thought God said? He challenged the Word of God. And he'll do the same to young Christians especially. Right after they believed, he'll say, do you really think you're saved Do you really think Christ has come into your life and it is then that I must stand on the promises of God? This is bringing that biblical worldview, not my emotions because my emotions can mislead me. I don't feel saved today. Maybe I lost my salvation last night. No, no, it's still there. It's still the gift of God. It still belongs to you. And it is then that I come back to Scripture Scriptures like 1 John 5.10. It says anyone who believes in the Son of God has this testimony in his heart. Romans 8.16 says his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. John 5.24, Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and shall not be condemned. He's crossed over from death to life. And really my favorite assurance verse, 1 John 5 says, these things we write to you that believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. So when the devil comes and says, you're not saved, you say to the devil, I know I'm saved because the Bible says, these things we write to you that believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And sometimes I'll quote scripture out loud to remind myself. Even Jesus did that. Remember when he was tempted in the wilderness? And the devil said to him, why don't you turn this rock into a piece of bread? Jesus says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Satan says, why don't you fall down and worship me? And Jesus says, it is written, you shall worship the Lord God and Him only shall you serve. The point is you come back with scripture. That's what I mean when I say think biblically. Let everything go through the grid of Scripture, not your emotions. This is something God has given to you. So don't work for your salvation. Work out your salvation. And what an incredible gift it is. And all you have to do is receive it. I just flew back from Hawaii visiting our church there. And I had to get a plane ticket. And I printed it out and I boarded my flight. And they always check your ticket. I want to make sure you're in the right seat. You cannot board a flight without a ticket. I used this analogy a number of years ago at a Harvest Crusade. And I was asking people, do you have your ticket to go to heaven? And, uh, and Stella, who was then a little girl, my granddaughter, uh, heard me say this. And she had a flyer that was given to her when she went in the event. And she held it up and yelled out to me. I couldn't hear her. She was so far away. I have my ticket, Papa, she said. (laughs) It's so cute. But really, do you have your ticket? You say, well, what do you mean my ticket? Do you know that you're saved? You might say, well, I, I think so. Hey, I think you'll know it. And if you don't know it, maybe you aren't. And I don't want you to leave this service today without knowing beyond the shadow of a doubt that your sin is forgiven. You say, okay, how does this happen again? Remember, Acts 13 says, this man Jesus gives forgiveness of sins and whoever trusts in him is freed from all guilt and he is declared righteous. So have you put your trust in Jesus? Again, scripture says, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I've used this illustration before, but... There was a time I was out uh, with my son Jonathan in the ocean and we got caught in a little riptide. He was a young guy at this point and I was kind of keeping him above the surface and I couldn't believe I'm in a riptide because the irony is I'm like literally 12 feet from the shore. So I'm thinking, I can't get in a riptide this close to the shore. And, and, but I am, and I can't get my feet on the ground. And I'm getting pulled out, and it's becoming a problem. And I see a lifeguard, and I thought, there's no way on God's green earth I'm gonna yell for help this close to shore. And I'm getting pulled out, and this lifeguard sees me, and she realizes I'm in trouble, and she starts swimming toward me. She's got her little preserver, she's swimming, I'm like, oh no, this is so humiliating. And finally I got my feet on the shore. I said, I'm okay, I'm okay, thank you, thank you. And, and I walked in, you know. Though if you're gonna get rescued, I'd rather get rescued by a girl lifeguard than a guy, right, and he says, well, if there's mouth to mouth involved, you want it to be a girl, that's all. I'm say. <laughs> but here's the point. As I was too proud to call out for help, that's how a lot of us can be. Maybe men especially, but sometimes all of us. Oh, I don't need to be saved, I'm good. No you aren't. You're not good at all. Your, your situation is worse than a person in a burning building or in a combat zone. Your situation is worse than a person caught in a riptide. If you don't have Jesus Christ living in you right now, bottom line, you're headed to a certain judgment in hell. And God does not want that. That is why He sent Jesus. Christ died to save sinners like you and me. And you can be saved today. Forgiven of all your sin. Put all of your past behind you. Have a fresh start. A clean slate. Think about it. And then have the power you need in your life to live the life God has called you to live. It can all happen. And it doesn't take years. It doesn't take months. It doesn't take days. It doesn't take hours. It can happen just like that if you'll just call out to Him. So we're gonna close in prayer. And I'm going to extend an invitation to anyone here. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your own Savior and your Lord and your friend, He can come into your life right now and forgive you of all of your sin and give you that fresh start you long for and give you the guaranteed hope of heaven. If you don't know this for sure, let's get this settled right here. Let's all pray, Father. Thank you for the incredible gift of salvation. It is really the gift that keeps on giving. And I pray for any here or listening, wherever they are, if they don't know you yet, if they've not called upon your name yet, would you help them to do that right now? I pray your Holy Spirit will speak to their hearts. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
0: Greg Laurie, closing with an important word of prayer. And if you've come to realize that you need to make a change in your relationship with the Lord, Pastor Greg would love to help you to take the next step right now.
1: If you would like to accept Jesus Christ into your life right now, and by that I mean if you would like your sin forgiven and have the assurance that you will go to heaven when you die, would you pray this prayer with me? Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner but I thank you for dying on the cross for my sin and rising again from the dead. I'm sorry for my sin, Lord, and I turn from it now, and I put my faith in you to be my Savior, my Lord, my God, and my friend. Thank you for loving me and calling me and accepting me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer in minute, I want you to know on the authority of God's word that Jesus Christ has just come to take residence in your heart. The Bible says these things we write to you the believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Listen, we want to send you some resources that will help you grow spiritually. So here's Dave with some details. And let me say, God bless you, and welcome to the family of God.
0: Thanks, Pastor Greg. And as he just said, we have some resources that we'd love to send you to help you to begin living the Christian life. We call this resource collection our New Believers Growth Packet. We'll send it out to you free of any charge when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. The team would also love to pray with you. That's 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. Well, next time, Pastor Greg brings some good insight on adopting the biblical worldview on fear and worry hope you can join us for more on Monday on A New Beginning. This is the
1: day, the day when life begins.
0: Now for a copy of today's full message, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called The Biblical Worldview on Salvation. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call one 800 5011